I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Life is full of awesome what ifs and some not so much, like unexpected medical costs. That's why United Healthcare provides Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans to supplement your primary plan and help manage out-of-pocket costs. Learn more at uh1.com. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan, crusted chicken, or garlic, butter, shrimp, scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. basketball on the show with Brandon Scoop B. Robinson. That's going to be a lot of fun. He's the managing editor and columnist of Respect Magazine and also the host of the Scoop B. Radio podcast. And that is my man, Brandon Scoop B. Robinson. B, what's up, man? How are you? Man, I'm trying to make a dollar out of 15 cents. How are you? Well, I'm not going to finish the rest of that classic line by 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 Keith Murray, but we know the rest if you're a true hip-hop head. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. How about your Jersey boy, Redman, man? I feel that dude does not get old. Like, I've, watched, I've been watching his videos on Instagram. That, that guy can still rap his ass off. Because I think rap is one of those things, it's not like ball, where, you know, in, in, in hip-hop, it's not like you're running back and you're 30 and you decline. You, you, it's, it's a skill. You either have it or you don't. You know, if you're a slick talker, you're a slick talker. If you know how to mac the ladies, you know how to mac the ladies. If you know how to write, you know how to write. That doesn't ever really leave you. That's um, true, but you know, you know what it is. When I see some of the older guys that we grew up on, we're you know we're the same age. Sometimes, like like for example, like a red man, he, he still looks cool. Like he doesn't look, you know, he don't look washed. So he's still doing his thing. So you know, I thought of red man in New Jersey City. You know the bricks. So that's what made me think of red man right there. There you go. There you go. There you go. But let's talk about these New York Knicks. That's that's what the show is focused on as it is <laughs> 33rd and 7th. And Brandon, going into this season, nobody was expecting the Knicks to win the championship. It's only three games in. But before just before this season started, put yourself in a Knicks fan's shoes. What would you be looking for when this season started and still looking for? Mm, I would be looking for them to somehow climb out of the Atlantic Division alive. An 0-3 team, 15th in the Eastern Conference, a team that's got to play uh, the Nets today uh, at that and, you know, be successful, I think. But th- I think bigger than that, I didn't really expect the Knicks to be the number one team in, in New York City. I think the Knicks, uh, post-Mellow, adding Beasley uh, and, and, and Frank, uh, it was kind of a mixed bag. I, I was looking to go to the seafood restaurant to see which crab was going to claw and hold on for dear life. Yeah, and listen, and getting rid of Melo, listen, the bottom line is the Knicks didn't win with Carmelo Anthony either. I love Carmelo, but you know, after his first three years, everything just went downhill. But right. I think this year, and it still could very well happen, I, I need to see some progress. I need to see if Christoph Porzingis can be a number one guy. I need to see if Frank Nilakina 
can be the point guard the next 10 years. Now, obviously, all we've seen is YouTube videos of Frank because he's only played <laughs> a little bit of a preseason game and he played eight minutes in the opener at Oklahoma City. So, so far, this what was weird, you know, after the last game, you got Nick players coming out publicly talking about they don't know the plays like they're the bad news bears of basketball. Doesn't look good. Uh, and I think it, it's hilarious when you talk about the YouTube videos of Frank, but I think bigger than that, um, the Knicks, I know more of their personnel and head coach Jeff Hornacek or general manager Scott Perry or president Steve Mills than I knew no players on the floor. Obviously, you, you know who Chris Depp Porzingis is. I, I often call him the Donovan McNabb of the New York Knicks because they were both booed on, in their respective drafts. Um, different well, exit on nine ninety five. Every every player that gets drafted in New York and Philadelphia, I think, gets booed though. It's the East Coast bias. I've lived on. I've lived in both region, and um, I think that bigger than anything, the Knicks need to find an identity. You know, I like Michael Beasley. I've liked Michael Beasley since he was in high school. Um, but if but where does Michael Beasley fit on this team though? Should he be starting? Should I be where? What's his role? I, I look me at personally. Team, Scoop, I look at this team right now, again, only three games in, but I look at this team, and I'm watch, I've am i been at two to three games, I've watched all three, all preseason as well, I don't, it looks like guys don't have roles, it looks like they don't know what they want to do, or how they want to play, and I also look at Jeff Hornacek, I don't hate Jeff Hornacek, but I also do know Steve Mills and Scott Perry are not married to Jeff Hornacek, Phil Jackson was, so, yeah, you know, but you know what, here's the thing. Number one, welcome to uh, <laughs> the AAU team we're calling the New York Knicks. Um, it's a byproduct of bad decisions. Listen, I, I penned a piece uh, uh, earlier this week where I actually, you know, I spoke with um, Danilo Gallinari and I asked him about what if, you know, I asked him, you know, what if the Knicks had retained you guys, had retained Nate, retained Wilson Chandler and some of these other guys, the kind of trade punishment back in 2011 where they bet their house on Carmelo Anthony. And I think that now you're seeing bare bones of what it, what it is, you know, and, I, and I'll tell you a direct quote that uh, Danilo Gallinari said to me. He said, and I quote, well, sometimes he, he said that he speaks to, to, uh, to uh, Amari Stoudemire sometimes. He says, well, sometimes we talk about it to, to, we, or we meet about it with Amari Raymond and other players who were there at the time and say, if we would have stayed together, we could have built something special. Um, and do, I think do you, let, let's just have ahead. a little, let's just have a little fun right now. I know we're supposed to stay focused on today. Let's have some fun <laughs> real quick. And no disrespect to Jersey city, Newark and the Nets, but obviously James Dolan got a little scared of Mikel Prokhorov in February of 2011. Do you think sure. that car, do you think that Carmelo Anthony would have re-signed with the Nets to play in Newark for a year and a half? No way. No way. So he could have he could have just waited. And I I mean that's mm-hmm. the one. Listen, the Knicks have, the Knicks have made a thousand bad decisions. But I know we were in such a rush to get that real superstar, even though we had just gotten Amari. If Melo wanted to come here, Lala wanted to come here. I mean, Lala wanted to be here more probably. He sure. was coming to New York City. If the Regardless, Knicks could have just waited till after the lockout. We could have signed Melo the next day. Yeah, you may have lost Gallo and Chandler to free agency eventually. But you could have added Carmelo to all these guys. And imagine how much different life would have been. And I've talked about that with Wilson Chandler and Landry Fields uh, in interviews. And they both said, you know, I mean, Landry's kind of a little much. He said it would have been a dynasty. That's probably sure. pushing it. But they would have been so – imagine 
with Mozgov and Chandler, Gallinari, Mello, Ray Felton. With Dan- I mean, like, oh, that's something that will bother me every day. And what also will bother me, even trading for Mello, that the Knicks, we got Carmelo Anthony in his prime, and I feel like yeah. we completely wasted it. And you talk about Mozgov. Mozgov done already returned to New York, got a ring in the Midwest, went to L.A. and came back. You want to talk about somebody that's a movie star? Yeah. Mozgov is a movie star playing now with the Brooklyn Nets. But to go back to your point, yeah, I do think that um, they would have built something special. When you look at teams like even the OKC Thunder, when they had Kevin Durant, when they had James Harden and, and Russell Westbrook and company, they built within the draft. The Knicks were doing something similar at that point. Even having, who was it, Andy Routens on that Knicks team. You know, you had, that was a glue guy. Landry Fields, Gallinari, Wilson Chandler. Mm -hmm. You know, they brought over Mozgov. He was a rookie, even though he wasn't drafted, but the Knicks signed him. They had guys that were their own. They did. Just like the Yankees built within the system, within the double-A, triple-A system, the Knicks were doing the same thing. They just got very trigger happy and let the Nets get to better than they ended up picking up Darren Williams, you know, in, in, in a yard sale when, when, when Sloan said it was either him or, you know, uh, Darren Williams. And, you know, they, they both ended up leaving. When you think of the Carmelo Anthony era in New York, and that goes from 2011 till just a few weeks ago in September of 2017, what, what, what do you think about when you think of the Carmelo Anthony era? disappointment. I think you look at a playoff team in 2013 that ended up losing to a a surging Pacers and a Pacers team that was overmatched uh, by a Miami Heat team. I think that there is a lot of parity between Carmelo's arrival to the Knicks in 2011 and Stephon Marbury's arrival to the Knicks in 2004. And we talked a little bit about that off here, but there was a lot of uh, excitement, a lot of uh, fanfare for Carmelo coming in, but I think it was a combination of the Knicks being the Knicks um, and having a ton of expectations being a New York City team, uh, just like the Lakers are an L.A. team and the Yankees are a New York team and the Cowboys are, are the Cowboys. But I think that the Knicks, um, in my opinion, he's the biggest superstar that the Knicks have had since Patrick Ewing, except Patrick Ewing got more accolades. Yeah, because Patrick Ewing went, and granted, he probably had better teams around him. Of course. Patrick, Patrick Ewing went through the wars. Granted, he never hoisted the Larry O'Brien trophy. He was no. playing deep, deep into the spring every year. And he could have went to two championships had he not hurt his wrist that year. He went to the finals in 94. Of course, the Rockets won that series by just a very talented Hakeem Olajuwon, uh, Robert Ory, Vernon Maxwell Incorporated. But, you know, I think that, you know, had... You wonder, had Ewing not gotten hurt, would he and Marcus Camby in 99 could have challenged the San Antonio Spurs? And, you know, obviously it was a Avery Johnson big bucket against the Knicks in the, in the lockout short in 99 season where, you know, they, they won. But, you know, that could have been an added defender uh, that could have matched well against both Duncan and David Robinson. So but to go, you, go ahead. Oh, so, so, so if you're the Knicks right now, though, let's get back to the team right now. What do you do? I mean, are you looking to bring in an Eric Bledsoe? Because my thing is, the Knicks probably aren't winning the championship, right? That's a fair bet. So are you really looking to try to bring in an Eric Bledsoe? Or do you just see what Frank can do, assuming Frank is playing tonight versus the Nets? Do you just bring in, let, let Frank give, give the keys to Frank Nilakina and let him go? Because are you really trying to bring in a Bledsoe? I mean, would you try to do that? Well, I know the Knicks and the Phoenix Suns have been talking about a proposed deal that would include... Frank, uh, but I think 
Um, there are other teams that are that have more to offer, and the Denver Nuggets uh, that can offer uh, more for for Eric Bledsoe. But if you're the Knicks, do you just stay away and see what you have with Frank, though? Personally, yes, because I think that being patient is something that the Knicks are allergic to, and which is why we started the premise of our conversation early on was about what happened in 2011, which is you know you drafted him now. Frank is is Phil Jackson's guy, but so was Porzingis. Um, so if I were the Knicks, because you have that New York City pressure, you, you want to make a splash. But sometimes you got to be prudent and you have to stay true to building young. Like I use that Oklahoma City Thunder team as an example. You, you have to build young. You know, you have a Porzingis who you want to be the face of the franchise. You, you have a Courtney Lee who can still shoot the lights out. Um, you, you have certain pieces. But right now they're still looking like a mid 2000s AAU team. But and you got to grow. You have to grow. You look at that across the river with the Nets last year, the way that those guys played against the Cavaliers a couple of nights ago, they couldn't have done that. But those guys built together and you added a D'Angelo Russell who's confident as I don't know what. Um, Not to make Knicks fans upset, but, you know, youth is the wave. You know, and I think that the fact that those guys could contend with the Cavs in a regular season game, I mean, that's regular season, but I think the Knicks need to build similar confidence post-Mellow era. What are your thoughts on Kristaps Porzingis being the guy? Well, I think Kristaps Porzingis um, is a guy that enjoys being the guy. Um, we know he but, enjoys it, but can he do it? But that pressure is a separate thing. One red flag um, for me is skipping out on that end of the, end of the season meeting. You know, if you want to be the guy, you have to practice you're the guy even before you're the guy. And missteps like that make you ask questions. Now, he's young. We all made silly mistakes when we were 20-something years old. Some we can't talk about on air, you know. But I think that— Of (laughs) course. But I think when you look at New York City, you look at Grace. You look at Jeter. You look at uh, uh, Lawrence Taylor. You look at— those guys that I mentioned, you look at even even A-Rod, who, who was not an original-born New York player, at least by definition of team, he was born in New York City, but when you look at you know players who are faces of franchises, they know how to kind of be a duck and let things roll off their back. I, I, I haven't seen enough of Chris Stapps to really say, well, he's a guy that is a face. You know, even somebody like Omari Stoudemire. He loved the pressure. He loved being in New York. He still comes back. Fashion week, et cetera, et cetera. Carmelo Anthony, same thing. He, he didn't win a lot as a New Yorker, but at the same time, he carried himself like a New York athlete and embraced that. I'm still waiting to see that for Chris Porzingis, And maybe it's a difference in he's not American-born, and maybe European players or people in general just carry that level of, I'm the New York guy differently. But right now, no. In the future, I'd like to see it. <laughs> I'd say the player that Nick fans are talking about the most after three games, and it's not for good reasons, and that is the su- that is the son of a player I hated growing up, and that is Tim Hardaway Jr. I mean, <laughs> he to me, scoop, he's been abysmal. And my thing is, he's not a. I know he's a pretty good outside shooter, but he's not a good enough outside shooter where he can just goddamn jack up threes. So my thing is, why don't you catch the basketball, make things happen, pass the basketball, maybe go to the basket, you'll get some calls, 
just based upon who your daddy is, but instead he is just jacking and jacking at a record pace and nothing is going in the damn hoop. Well, you know, first of all, pressure is a privilege. Um, and number one, he has the, privilege, the, the pressure of playing in New York City twice and also being the son of Tim Hardaway. Um, and I'll say this, um, playing in Atlanta last year, he put up some career numbers. He also benefited from playing uh, with Dwight Howard, who was, in my opinion, one of the best current big men that can pass out of the double team. Now, granted, I know drug dealers with more post presence than Dwight Howard, but, <laughs> but I think that that's benefited Hardaway, who is a slasher. Um, so to come back to New York where there's no established um, system uh, in place, uh, you're going to jack up shots because you know you're the man and you were overpaid to be the man. Um, I liked him Hardaway, but I think in a non-structured system, you know, he played in, in, in Mike Budenholzer's system in Atlanta. There's a structure there. You know, you play with Dennis Schroeder. You're playing with Dwight Howard. Uh, you're playing with guys that uh, are not in New York. They're in the, in the South. Come to New York, you know you're going to jack up shots. You're overpaid. You can't jack up shots because you're comfortable. Do you blame them? That's like getting the keys to the Ferrari and, and, and being Ferris Bueller and driving all around the city and putting extra mileage on, and you end up crashing the car out the window and uh, your boy gets in trouble with his dad. Let's go around the league for a few minutes, Scoop, before we get out of here. What, what are you liking so far eight, eight days into the season? What are you not liking? What are you, what are you enjoying? What are you not enjoying? And how, how about uh, the Lakers beating Washington the other night in L.A. after LeVar? Uh, we know Lonzo don't talk, but LeVar <laughs> hyped up that game like he will do every game, and the Lakers – the Lakers got a W. Uh, and, and, and happy birthday to uh, Lonzo Ball. You know, it, it, it's it's a collaborative effort. It's a team effort. It's it's a, it's impressive to see this guy um, and Lonzo Ball uh, kind of just face adversity. You know, first game of the season, didn't really match well against Patrick Beverly. Second game against Phoenix, played well. Um, but I, I often use this analogy. I've said it since Lonzo uh, declared for the draft. Uh, his father, LeVar, is Damon Dash. Lonzo is Jay-Z. It's an act. It's the rapper that, and the manager. That, that's a great point. That's kind of like, like after like every show, there was that one clip at the Summer Jam in 01 where Hove is actually wearing, I think, a Sprewell jersey. And like yep. Michael, ja- Michael Jackson is there. And Dame is just like, only Rockefeller could do this shit. Blah, 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 blah. <laughs> and, and, and Jay is just like, that was the prodigy, you know, I got the you know the ballerina. I got the pictures of yep. senior night, and you know Jay's just sitting there, and that's a that's a great and fantastic analogy. There was a point where I used to get mad at Levar like eight months ago. I still think he's a clown, but he don't bother anymore. He's it's it's all like whatever. I don't think he's a bad dude. I got to know Levar over the summer um, during um, NBA draft week. Uh, he, basically, I was at a gifting suite, and while I was at the gifting suite, I was just. In the suite, in and out the suite, in the hotel. I just had free range of the whole hotel. And we just sat and we talked. LeVar gets it. Um, when you look at greats, you look at Venus Williams, you look at Serena Williams, uh, you look at Tiger Woods. They all had their parents in their corner. Even for me, you know, a little bit about my journey. Starting young, I had a radio show with the Nets as a kid. My stepdad came to every home game with me was around with me in the locker room because you wanted people to see that he had a positive black male around um, supporting his child's dream. And I think a lot of times because LeVar talks a lot and because 
he's threatening and because he doesn't owe anybody anything and he has his own money, when you own your own money, you can make the rules. And so that's intimidating to a lot of people. And getting to know LaFar, a lot of it is an act because he knows that the cameras are on him. Yeah, you, I mean, I think anybody can figure that out, of course, yeah. Stevie Wonder can see it. Yes, yes, that's a fact. But at the same time, I think he believes in the brand. And when you have a brand and when you own your own brand, you can't get fired. So you can't tell him to shut up. He does, he's not signed with Nike, so you can't tell him to shut up. In L.A., he's home. You know, Chino Hills High School is not too far from downtown L.A. It's the right system. But more than anything, his son is still playing basketball. Um, the, all that talking is cool. That's just adding dollars to the reality show that is the balls. But, um, you know, if LeVar is, excuse me, if Lonzo's not doing it, the team is doing it. You have other guys on that team. You have Brandon Ingram. You have Julius Randle. You know, you, you have Larry Nance Jr. You, you have guys that can go in there and, and play ball. Any show that I've been interviewed on, I've, I've said on record that I believe that the Lakers can be an eighth seed in the Western Conference and make it to the playoffs this year. That, they have the pieces. That's definitely possible. Last thing before I let you go, I thought this was kind of funny. So what's more random from Kyrie Irving's mouth? The earth is flat or the court he was playing on in Milwaukee last night was actually from the 40s. <laughs> um, I mean, I think Kyrie was thinking about actually not playing because he really thought the court was from like Dr. Like Dr. James A. Naismith built that court. I think the court, only because he was so dead serious and was in the media scrum answering that question. The Earth is Flat comment was on a po- Richard Jefferson's podcast, and it's well thought. I spent time with Kyrie Irving, had dinner with him, talked with him, know his family, and he's really a thoughtful kid. Um, and I think he really believes what he said. And I think if you listen to the whole transcript of the show, um, you get more context. I think sometimes in the in the snippets and bites that we get on Twitter, 140 characters. Hopefully they give 280 characters. We get lost. We lose things in the translation. So the court thing was a little bit more um, random because, I mean, it was just funny. It was just more shoot around. Yeah, it was just funny. Like, I, I think was, I'm not like making it. It was just funny. Like I like. Oh, funny for stuff. sure. Yeah, it was funny. It was hilarious. You know? It's hilarious. <laughs> Listen, they need to, Will Farrell needs to include that in his next uh, semi-pro basketball movie. How about Giannis, man? He's not normal, is he? He's not normal, but I think he has the potential to be abnormally great. And I am looking forward to this chapter in his life. I'm really impressed with his style of play this early in the season. Well, I could talk to you for about three more hours, but we got to get out of here. (laughs) Let's definitely do it again. Again. All right, Scoop. Brother, I had you on my old show, Brown and Scoop on CBS. Looking forward to having you on my podcast, Scoop B Radio. Make sure you guys subscribe on iTunes, Google Play, and visit ScoopBRadio.com. You bet. Maybe I'll see you at the Knicks-Nets game tonight at the Garden. We, let's, let's try to make that happen. Right, let's do it. All right, man. Have a good one. Yes, sir. Scoop B Radio. Even on a budget, quality is non-negotiable. That's why Quince is the place to score high-end essentials at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Get your hands on buttery soft cashmere sweaters from just 60 bucks, Italian leather jackets, and so much more. And the best part about Quince? They exclusively partner with factories committed to safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Elevate your style without the elevated price tag with Quince. 
Go to quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Hey, folks, I'm Mark Marin from the WTF Podcast, and this episode is brought to you by Kleenex Ultra Soft Tissues, your ally to help tackle your allergy symptoms this season. I love the change of seasons, but nobody loves pollen and all those other things floating in the air that make you sneeze during this nice weather. Kleenex Ultra Soft Tissues are hypoallergenic and allergist approved. So fight back against watery eyes and runny noses without worrying about irritating your skin. For this allergy season, grab Kleenex and face allergies head on. 